Warning, Money's Crazy Mind contains language that may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised, but will be completely ignored. (laughs) We are going to do a new segment called Shoot Back, where I get feedback from you guys on what you think about the show. So let's see what everybody's talking about Money's Crazy Mind this week. Am I reading that right? I don't remember doing that. How'd you guys like the show? What the hell's going on here? I didn't do that. Oh, you guys are just gonna make blind accusations about me now? I get it. Just cause I'm doing Scientology, right? Okay. I'm sick of it. Doing right, doing wrong. Parents pissed off every time I write a song. Smoke crack, push up sitting. What the fuck is that? It's something funny. Made for you to laugh at. You're destroying America with your rap. You're so full of shit, I need to call hazmat. The only way I would ever apologize is if I had my face buried in your sister's eyes. I'm sorry for what it's worth, but the best part of you was the afterbirth. If you can't take a fucking joke, then go jump in the river. Nah, 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 and I fucked your sister. You can't take a fucking joke, then go jump in the river. All right, what's going on, everybody? What is going on? Welcome into the Growing Wings Adult Services Asylum, as it is affectionately referred to here on Money's Crazy Mind. Thank you for joining me this week. All right, so before we get into the cray-cray, that is Scientology. Um, Snowmageddon 22, part two. Claimed yet another victim. Not a human victim, but it did claim a victim that's very important to me. My snowblower. My snowblower broke yesterday trying to clean myself out of my own driveway and part of the street since they haven't even... I don't even know if they've touched it yet. Um, As of 8 o'clock this morning when I left to to come to Studio 2, it had not been done yet. They did it once yesterday, and that's when I pulled out the snowblower and attempted to use it. Halfway through my driveway, my snowblower goes, nope, we're done, bye. And it is now in three pieces. So rest in peace to my snowblower. It will be missed. Sending it up to snowblower heaven. It, it'll be back. The, what, what happened to it is, is actually quite an easy fix. I've got several people that are going to come look at it as soon as we're out of Snowmageddon Park, too. So anyway, um, this week's show is going to be a little bit different than things that I've done in the past. You know, normally when I try to do stuff like this, I try to bring in my crime expert, Jeremy, and bring him on and have him, you know, talk about, you know, what he knows about all this stuff. But this time I wanted to do something a little bit differently. I, you know, I've done all my own research on this topic Um, you know, I've spent exhausting hours going through written testimonials by people, 
uh, you know, and even looking into documentaries and news programs, uh, specifically three that were done by the BBC about this. So, you know, I have a pretty good idea of what's happening with this. And I don't want to look at it just from the negative aspects of what we have going on with Scientology. I want to look at it from every aspect, the aspect of who founded it, why it was originally founded, things that that they were able to get away with because of those affiliations and, you know, a few other things as well. So we're going to get into all of that. And um, I just want to make it clear. You know, while, yes, there are definitely aspects of this organization and of this religion that have cult-like mentalities, or there are things that we've seen in other cults, such as the Jonestown cult, um, the Branch Davidians, even the the, the Manson children, um, the um what the hell was the name of that i just uh the heaven's gate cult and cults like that doesn't necessarily mean that that may be what is actually happening in this organization it's just that all the information that i've been able to gather and seen and heard from first person testimonials that that sounds and looks like it that is exactly what is going on in <laughs> timbuktu says rest in peace blowy yes absolutely Absolutely. She lived a good life. She blew well. She blew very well. Three passes in my driveway was done, man. I'm going to miss that snowblower. But she'll be back. She'll be back. Just won't be this this winter season. So, Mother Nature, if you're listening, no more snow. I don't think she cares. But anyway, so let's start out by talking about the founder of Scientology. And I think this is where people are going to start to sit there and go, Oh, really now? Um, <clears throat> because this is kind of where a lot of the strangeness that a lot of people contribute to Scientology came from and where it got started. So the, <clears throat> the church of Scientology was started by a man named L Ron Hubbard. His first name was actually Lafayette. He was an American author of science fiction and fantasy stories who founded the Church of Scientology in 1950. Hubbard authored Dianetics, the Modern Science of the Mental Health, and established a series of organizations to promote Dianetics. In 1952, Hubbard lost the rights to Dianetics in a bankruptcy proceeding, and he subsequently founded Scientology. Thereafter, Hubbard oversaw the growth of the Church of Scientology into a world wide organization he was born in tilden nebraska in 1911 spent much of his childhood in helena montana after his father was posted to the u.s naval base on guam hubbard traveled to asia and the and south pacific in the late 20s in 1930 hubbard enrolled at george washington university to study civil engineering but dropped out in his second year he began his career as a prolific writer of pulp fiction stories and married Margaret Polly Grubb, who shared his interest in aviation. Hubbard was an officer in the Navy during World War II, where he briefly commanded two ships, but was removed from command both times. The last few months of his active service were spent in a hospital being treated for a variety of complaints. 
Scientology became increasingly controversial during the 60s and came under intense media, government, and legal pressure in a number of countries. During the late 60s and early 70s, Hubbard spent much of his time at sea on his personal fleet of ships as Commodore of the Sea Organization. You'll hear that word come up uh, a little bit further, a little bit more, but it'll, it'll be uh, um, shortened to Sea Org as it is now known. Uh, random YouTube channel with a name associated with Blob says just joined here so we'll let that fly for right now uh and an elite quasi paramilitary group of scientologists hubbard returned to the united states in 1975 and went into seclusion in the california desert after an unsuccessful attempt to take over the town of clearwater florida in 1978 hubbard was convicted of fraud after he tied tried in absentina by france in the same year 11 high-ranking members of scientology were indicted on 28 charges for their role in the church's snow white program a systemic program of espionage against the united states government one of the indicted was hubbard's wife mary sue hubbard who was charged of the program who was in charge of the program hubbard was named an unindicted co-conspirator so already in the very beginning of this church, they're already mired in controversy. And there's even more controversy to be heard. And a lot of it does deal with the with the government and why Hubbard was in seclusion. We'll get to that here in just a second. <clears throat> Hubbard spent the remaining years of his life in seclusion in a luxury uh, motorhome on a ranch in California, attended to by a small group of Scientology officials. He died at the age of 74 in 1986. Following Hubbard's death, Scientology leaders announced that his body had become an implement to his work, and he decided to drop his body, quote, to continue his research on another plane of existence. Though many of Hubbard's autobiographical statements have been found to be fictitious, the Church of Scientology describes Hubbard in a high, hieroglyphic terms and rejects any suggestion that it's a, an account of Hubbard's life is not historical fact. Crazy dude. By the start of the 60s, Hubbard was the leader of a worldwide movement with thousands of followers. A decade later, however, he had left St. Hill Manor and moved abroad uh, aboard his own private fleet of ships as the Church of Scientology faced worldwide controversy. Scientology says the same problems of this period were due to vicious, covert international attacks by a United States government, all of which were proven false and baseless which were to last 27 years and finally culminated in the government being sued for $750 million for conspiracy. Behind the attacks, stated Hubbard, lay a vast controversy of psychiatric front groups secretly controlling governments. Every single lie 
false charge and attack on Scientology has been traced directly to this group's members. They have sought at great experience for 19 years to crush and eradicate any new development in the field of the mind. They are actively preventing any effectiveness in this field. Hubbard believed that Scientology was being infiltrated by saboteurs and spies and introduced security checking to identify those he termed potential trouble sources and suppressive persons. Members of the Church of Scientology were interrogated with the aid of e-meters. We'll talk about those here in a moment as well. And were asked questions such as, have you ever practiced homosexuality? And have you ever had unkind thoughts about L. Ron Hubbard? For a time, Scientologists were even interrogated about crimes committed in their past lives. Have you ever destroyed a culture? Did you come to Earth for evil purposes? Have you ever zapped somebody? What? Huh. The U.S. government was already well aware of Hubbard's activities. The FBI had a lengthy file on him, including a 1951 interview with an agent who considered him a mental case. Police forces in a number of jurisdictions began exchanging information about Scientology through auspicious uh, of Interpol, which eventually led to prosecutions. In 1958, the U.S. Internal Revenue Service... withdrew the Washington, D.C. Church of Scientology's tax exemption status after it found out that Hubbard and his family were profiting unreasonably from Scientology's ostensibly non-profit income. The Food and Drug Administration took actions against Scientology's medical claims, seizing thousands of pills being marketed as radiation cures, as well as publications and e-meters. The Church of Scientology was required to label them as being ineffective in the diagnosis uh, or treatment of disease. Dubbing this bitch like a tampon. Dub you and every bitch like a tampon. But welcome to the show, man. I'm glad you're checking it out. I might need security forces meeting me outside here after my show for everything that I'm talking about here today. So let's just keep that in mind, everybody. If there is no show next week, it's because these crazy bastards found me and got me. We'll talk more about that in a minute. So that's just some of what goes on with L. Ron Hubbard. Now, the man actually died of a stroke. And part of it was because of these e-meters. Now, what e-meters are, are a device that is very similar to a lie detector machine, except it doesn't read body temperatures or heart rate. It only reads electrical impulses. So what Scientologists believe and what L. Ron Hubbard was trying to get people to believe is that by using these e-meters that you basically hold these two metal canisters in your hands and they have wires connected to them and they go into a machine and he'll, they'll basically say, Mention a time of your life when you were overly happy. Let me know who I need to fire. Um, His name is David. Okay. David Miscavige. He's the person in charge of Scientology. 
and you'll find out why he needs to be fired in just a, in just a while here, Dub. I'm going through the history of Scientology, then we'll get into everything that leads to these people being a cult, and we're actually going to get into a little bit right here with talking about these e-meters. So they'll 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 tell somebody to remember a memory of, of a time David Ass is fired. Thank you, Dub. Thank you so much, man. But I don't think it's gonna work. <laughs> um so isn't it amazing how like most of the crazy motherfuckers in the world are named David? I mean, the branch Davidians were were run by a guy named David Koresh. And then you had Jim Jones with the Jonestown. Uh, Charlie Manson. So, I mean, so far we got two crazy Davids. I'm sure we can find more. I'm sure. But yeah, Dave's ass is fired and not Dave Wallencheck, who we hope is uh, <clears throat> feeling okay. Anyway. So, and then once you start thinking about this memory, the electrical impulses that, that run memory, which is one of the things that they use to actually, uh, um, is part of one of the three things that a lie detector reads is some of the electrical impulses. Like I said, it also reads your pulse rate and it also reads some of your body temperature uh, information as well, because when people lie, they tend to start sweating. Um, so these e-meters will read the electrical impulses. They'll ask you about a memory. The machine will start doing whatever it does. It, it, it you know, has a little dial that moves back and forth and they'll ask you what that thought was. And the people will talk about their thoughts and then they'll say, okay, we'll talk about um, it, there's something deeper because we're getting another reading on the machine. Talk about something else, you know, and then they'll, they'll just start randomly thinking of thoughts, which could be, you know, um, dream data that's coming through. Um, while in check crazy, I think the jury's still out on that one. <laughs> I, it's possible. It's possible. Not as crazy as these guys though. Uh, so then they'll, they'll start doing stuff like that. Have you ever gotten into the Mandala effect? It tripped me out. I do want to do an episode on the Mandala effect, but um, not yet. Not yet, Dub, but I, I got you. I got you, man. Um, <clears throat> and thank you, everybody, for interacting in the show. Uh, it, it means a lot to see uh, to see all of this. Uh, so they'll, they'll start doing that, and they'll take notes on certain things that you say. Now, the crazy thing about this, and this is one of the things that, that leads to Scientology possibly being uh, somewhat involved in some cult-like uh, practices, is that they call this auditing, and that there are different levels of being audited until you become clear, which means you are completely clear of subconscious thought, and that the only thought that you have is what's coming from your conscious mind it's also supposed to supposedly according to hubbard but mind you this guy's a science fiction writer not a theologist uh unlock certain mental abilities that you couldn't have when your mind is clouded by subconscious thought so let's go into the history of scientology itself founded by l ron hubbard in 1980 uh, 54, the Church of Scientology considers its teachings, including the popular book Dianetics, the Modern Science of Mental Health, as essential text. Scientology teaches that human mind is often restricted by its subconscious thoughts. Gee, did I not just say that? Uh, the reactive mind and needs to be freed from negative thoughts called engrams under the direction of a counselor 
called an auditor. In order to release its everlasting spirit, Thetan, we'll get into that a little bit more later on as well, uh, once all of the engrams have been removed, the Scientologist is able to live spiritually free, a state called clear. Do I know my shit or do I know my shit? The Church of Scientology functions through its autonomous churches through missions. There are nearly 8,000 churches of Scientology, missions, and related organizations with over 20,000 full-time staff in 164 countries. Each church is locally governed and licensed to teach Scientology using its standardized materials and methods. In a few countries, the church has been forced to litigate the issue of its religiosity, either affirmatively or in response to alleged criminal activities. The church has been has prevailed in most of these cases, and its religious bona fides have been recognized in most contexts. Some of these decisions, including decisions by the Cassian Church in Italy and the High Court in Australia, have established the standards regarding religious recognition that all religions must meet. Uh, some quick facts here. Followers, the disparity between the occasional estimate of 8 to 15 million adherents and the number provided here, 500,000, is due to different working definitions of membership. The larger estimates are considered to reflect an accounting that includes everyone who has attended a Scientology class or bought one of the Scientology texts. Look it up, Hidden Knowledge or I Am Laszlo on YouTube, and it will help you with your research for that show. You know what? I've done a lot of looking into the Mandala effect because I do believe in it. I do believe it happens. Um, but there is so much to get into with this Scientology stuff, man, that I can't even get into some of the stuff that I've uncovered about mandalas. But we will definitely, definitely, definitely do that on a future show. And I think I might have to bring Grape in on that one because that dude is a vast of knowledge when it comes to mandalas. <clears throat> Uh, okay, where were we? Uh, headquarters. So, so th this is another thing, and and I I know that there are other religions out there that will kind of do this too. Anybody, they all tie together in together. They do, they do. South Park wasn't exaggerating. No, they were not, Frankie. South Park was not exaggerating with, uh, with a lot of the stuff that they say about Scientology. Frankie Shaker, our brand new intern. Producers intern here at Redline Radio. Welcome to the family, brother. We'll get you all trained up and get you uh, start working on some shows by yourself here in the very near future. Now, I know that there's other religions that do this kind of thing, too. They'll inflate their numbers by saying that anybody that's ever walked into a church and sat through a mass is now a member of that church or let's even call it a sermon or a service, not, not just necessarily a mass. That's a, that's a Catholic term. Uh, the headquarters, the Church of Scientology has various headquarters, including one in Clearwater, recognized as the spiritual headquarters, and the Religious Technology Center in Riverside County, California, which serves as an administrative center. They also have the IAS, the um, 
the International Scientology building and a few other things like that. Um, so it was uh, Deity is a supreme being. Sacred test includes Dianetics and headquartered in uh, Clearwater, Florida. Uh, Scientology, no, I'm not at the beginning. Let's see here. No. All right. So we're going to move on to a different document here. Uh, okay. So Scientology followers believe that a human is a mortal, spiritual being, Thetan, that is a resident of in a physical body. The Thetan has an immunerable past lives, and it is observed in, in advanced and within the moment secret Scientology texts that lives preceding the Thetans' arrival on Earth were lived in extraterrestrial cultures. Scientology doctrine states that any Scientologist undergoing auditing will eventually come across and reaccount a common series of events. Part of these events include reference to an extraterrestrial life form called Xenu. The secret Scientology texts say that this was a ruler of a confederation of planets 70 million years ago who brought billions of alien beings to Earth and then killed them with thermonuclear weapons. Despite being kept secret from most followers, this forms the central mythological framework of Scientology's untensible soteriology Attainment of a status by Scientologists as clear. These aspects have become the subject of popular ridicule. So for anybody out there that knows anything about the Heaven's Gate cult, this is almost exactly what those morons believed. That aliens came to Earth a long time ago and created the human race and that they will eventually return to Earth to collect their followers and take them to a state of higher existence. That is what Heaven's Gate believed. And their leader was such a wackadoo that he convinced all of his followers to commit suicide by putting plastic bags over their heads. If you don't believe me, if you have HBO Max, look up a documentary called Heaven's Gate. Start there. From soon after their formation, Hubbard's groups have generated considerable opposition and controversy, in some instances due to their illegal activities. In January 1951, the New Jersey Board of Medical Examiners brought proceedings against the Dianetic Research Foundation on the charge of teaching medicine without a license. During the 70s, Hubbard's followers engaged in a program of criminal infiltration of the United States government, resulting in several executives of the organization being convicted and imprisoned for multiple offenses by a federal court. Hubbard himself was convicted in absentee of fraud by a French court in 1978 and sentenced to four years in prison. In 1992, a court in Canada 
convicted the Scientology organization in Toronto of spying on law enforcement and government agencies and a criminal breach of trust later upheld by the Ontario Court of Appeal. The Church of Scientology was convicted of fraud by a French court in 2009, a decision upheld by the Supreme Court of the Castation in 2013. <clears throat> the Church of Scientology has been described by government inquiries, international po uh, paramilitary bodies, scholars, law lords, and numerous superior court judgments as both dangerous and a manipulative profit-making business. Following extensive litigation in a number of countries, the organization has managed to attain a legal recognition as a religious organization in some jurisdictions, including Australia, Italy, and the United States. Germany classifies Scientology as a group of anti-constitutional sect, while in France, the government classifies the group as a dangerous cult. Dave Chappelle called those aliens space Jews. Oh, just wait. Just wait. <laughs> okay. So, as I said, what's up, dear? Thanks for checking out the show this week, man. So, like I said, the Church of Scientology is mired in quite a few activities that many cults have gotten into now here's something about these auditing processes and getting to the level of being clear and then even getting beyond being clear and we're going to get into that here next so <clears throat> so emotional tone scale and survival so this is one of the main things that they okay we already got one person that is getting put in time out oh anytime dear anytime uh so emotional tone scale and survival scientologists use an emotional classification system called the tone scale the tone scale is a tool used in auditing scientologists maintain that knowing a person's place on the scale makes it easier to predict his or her actions and assets and assists in bettering his or her condition. Scientologists emphasize the importance of survival, which it subdivides into eight classifications that are considered to be dynamics. An individual's desire to survive is considered to be the first dynamic. The second dynamic relates to procreation and family. The remaining dynamics encompass wider fields of action involving groups, mankind, all life, the physical universe, the spirit, and infinity, often associated with the supreme being. The optimum solution to any problem is believed to be one that brings the greatest benefit to the greatest number of dynamics. The purification rundown is a controversial detoxification program used by the Church of Scientology as introductory service. It features high-dose dietary supplements and extends time in a sauna up to five hours a day for five weeks. The Church of Scientology claims it is the only effective way 
to deal with the long-term effects of drug abuse or toxic exposure. Narconin is a drug education and rehabilitation program founded on Hubbard's beliefs about toxins and purifications. Narconon is offered in the United States, Canada, and a number of European countries. Its purification program also uses high-dose vitamins and extended sauna sessions combined with auditing and studying. So auditing is when they're on the e-meter and they're asking them all these really weird questions. So originally, before L. Ron Hubbard decided to make science, isn't Tom Cruise in that shit? Yes. Yes. And there's a funny story about Tom Cruise that I'm going to get to here a little bit later. Because originally, their original poster child from Hollywood was was John Travolta. And then people found out that John Travolta really was crazy and decided to stop listening to him. So then they needed a new face of Scientology, and that became Tom Cruise. And I'll talk about a time when Tom Cruise almost left Scientology and what they did to keep him. So originally, when he wrote Dianetics, he was trying to sell it as a new form of psychology and and psychiatry but it was rejected by every institution and the citizens commission on human rights because they couldn't prove any of the things that hubbard was trying to say i didn't know that about john travolta yes john travolta was one of the original uh hollywood elite that was that was in Scientology and he claimed that once he got into Scientology and he started doing the Dianetics and he started auditing and doing all this crazy stuff that they talk about, that that's what helped him land Saturday night fever, urban cowboy, all those old movies that Tom Cruise did or uh, John Travolta did probably including Greece and everything like that. And the movie battlefield earth that John Travolta was the lead role in is actually a L. Ron Hubbard novel that was turned into a movie. So let's think about that. A known Scientologist is the lead role in a movie written by the guy who started your religion. Come on. Come on. You mean to tell me that wasn't set up? That was set up. So... I think it's another way to confuse people who are not sure of themselves. That's all I think Scientology. It's praise on the weak, weak-minded, and I think I don't mean no disrespect. Yes, exactly, and that's exactly what I'm getting at. They use a lot of tactics that are that were that are being used by other cults. I mean, cults are still around, and I do believe that Scientology is one of the most dangerous. <clears throat> And here, so once you get to the status of clear, now, one thing about all this auditing that happens is every level of auditing that you get to until you get to the status of clear, you have to pay for. You also have to pay for all of your sacred texts. And uh, I know you are on point, but this is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. on a point about, okay, never mind. Yeah, let me just stick into it. Um, so once you hit the level of clear, there is another level that you can get to called operating thetan. Now, a thetan is, a, is the being 
that Xenu supposedly brought to Earth. So this story in the Scientology doctrine is called the Space Opera. I will say that again. This text about Xenu is called the Space Opera. The Church of Scientology holds that at higher levels of initiation or OT levels, mystical teachings are imparted that may be harmful to unprepared readers. It's a giant psyop mass scale gaslighting. If there was more critical thinking from the general population, it should should have been rejected the second it came up from a science fiction writer. When you're right, you're right. And Frankie, you're right. The teachings are kept secret from members who have not reached these levels. So basically, idiots who aren't dumb enough to pay enough money to get to this level. So they're the smarter idiots. They're all idiots for being a part of this goofy organization. The organization says that the secrecy is wanted to keep its materials use in context to protect its members from being exposed to to material they are not yet prepared for. These are the OT levels, levels above clear, whose contents are guarded within Scientology. So guarded, they are in David Miss Savage's office in a locked briefcase and are brought out when someone reaches a certain OT level. They are handwritten texts, supposedly by Hubbard. Uh... The OT level teaching includes accounts of various cosmic catastrophes that befell the Thetans. Hubbard described these early events collectively as space opera. In the OT levels, Hubbard explains how to reverse the effects of past life trauma patterns that supposedly extend millions of years into the past. Among these advanced teachings is the story of Xenu, introduced as a tyrant ruler of the Galactic Confederacy. Okay, is anybody else not seeing the entire storyline of the original Star Wars movie playing out in front of them? Xenu is clearly Darth motherfucking Vader. According to this story, 75 million years ago, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, Xenu brought billions of people to Earth in a spacecraft resembling a Douglas DC-8 airliner, stacked them around volcanoes, and detonated hydrogen bombs into the volcanoes. The Thetans then clustered together, stuck to the bodies of the living, and continue to do this today. Scientologists at advanced levels place considerable emphasis on isolating body Thetans and neutralizing their ill effects. Experts and descriptions of OT materials were published online by a former member in 1995 and was then circulated in mainstream media. 
This occurred after the teachings were submitted as evidence in a court case involving Scientology, thus becoming a matter of public record. There are eight known publicly, uh, publicly known, I'm sorry, OT levels, OT1 to 8. The highest level, OT8, is disclosed only at sea on the Scientology cruise ship Free Winds. It has been rumored that additional OT levels said to be based on material written by Hubbard long ago will be released at some time appropriate point in the future. A large church of spiritual technology symbol carved into the ground at Scientology's Trementia base is visible from the air. Washington Post reporter Richard Leiby wrote, former Scientologists familiar with the Hubbard teachings on reincarnation say the symbol marks a return point so loyal staff members know where they can find the founder's works when they travel here in the future from other places in the universe. No, that's not crazy at all. But like I said, is that not basically what Heaven's Gate believed as well? So is it safe to say that maybe Da and Do, the people that were in, uh, were the creators of the Heaven's Gate cult? Do you maybe think maybe they were early students of Scientology and left? Or maybe uh, Hubbard met Don Do and they told him their crazy bullshit story and he was just smarter because he was a science fiction writer who also wrote several episodes of the original Star Trek television series. So let's just throw that out there. And I respect Gene Roddenberry quite a bit. I'm a huge Star Trek fan. But the episodes written by L. Ron Hubbard were some of the most inintelligible garbage I have ever watched in my time being a Star Trek fan. This is crazy. Marketing Tactics 101. So there's a reason why the federal government shut down their tax-exempt status for a while. No money that the Church of Scientology receives from any of its members goes anywhere but the pockets of the Hubbard family and the Miscavige family. And then a lot of it gets put back into the church. But when you have $3 billion of profit a year, how, how can you continue to claim tax exemption status? And it was discovered by the federal government in the 50s from 1951 to 1959 that every copy of Dianetics that was sold None of that money went to the creation of the church. It all went to Hubbard. By 1978, the Church of Scientology had a $1 billion tax bill dude. After the death of Hubbard in 1986, David Miscavige managed to convince the federal government to A, forgive a billion dollars of back 
taxes and got the tax-exempt status reinstated. Now, we all know that they were already involved once in conspiracies against the United States government. Who's to say that Miscavige didn't have them start doing that again and that he didn't find all kinds of dirt on the United States government and said, hey, make this billion dollars worth of taxes disappear and I'll keep my mouth shut. It's a lot to think about. It's a lot to think about. And when you hear some of the other things that the church has been known to do to its followers and then to people that have left the church, you'll start to see other similarities to cults, including the Jones cult, including the Branch Davidians, including the Manson children. These are all cults. So, with that, we're going to take a break here at Money's Crazy Mind. When we come back, we'll get into a lot of the ethics systems that Scientologists are made to follow. And then we'll get into some of their other policies and why I am quite frankly scared for my own life for even talking about this. But I think it's important that people hear about this and not from former members of the church. But we will talk about some documentaries that were happening and what were happening to the documentary filmmakers that were very similar to what people that have left the church reported happened to them. And then at that point, it's very hard to sit there and go, well, gee, maybe these people are right. Maybe Leah Remini's TV show isn't that crazy. All that, we come back here on Money's Crazy Mind.
This is for the kids that snort pixie sticks And this is for the kids that starts fights for kicks For the millions at home that feel all alone That cut themselves till the knife fits a bone I feel just like you if you feel like me Then let me hear you scream out psych ward family A 3G system in 1G ride Bitches hitting so hard feel like worlds collide Man, 10,000 Cadillacs said it, let me hear it. Bitch, we clip and clipping and we ain't prepared to share it. So pop in some wolf pack and put your dukes up. Or do it like 3-6 and tear this club up. All right, so let's get back into these crazy mofos called Scientologists. Now, before we went to break, I had mentioned that they have certain ethics that they need to leave by. No scoop tonight, rescheduled the star of the show for next week. Adam Wissinger is snowed in like a bunch of people around Northeast Ohio. Hopefully everybody is staying safe out there and they're doing their best to try to dig out of this. But, yeah, there is no scoop this week. Do they try to break people down when they take them through this thing that you were talking about with the Scientology? Yes. So that's kind of where we're getting at with the ethics. So let's talk a little bit about the Scientology ethics system. And it regulates member behavior. Ethics officers are present in every Scientology organization. Ethics officers ensure correct application of Scientology technology and deal with behavior adversely affecting a Scientology organization's performance, ranging from errors and misdemeanors to crimes and suppressive acts as those terms defined by Scientology. So basically when a, a Scientologist is being audited, hello, honey, thank you for watching the show. Um, when they are going through their auditing sessions, one of these ethics officers is standing there and making sure that the auditor is using 
the e the e meters properly. But on top of that, they also take some of that information that the auditors are writing down during these people's auditing sessions and place it into their file. Scientologists that get to OT status or even clear status have been known to have files that fill entire file cabinets. And that information is supposed to be protected and never to be seen. However, when it comes to these errors or crimes or misdemeanors or suppressive acts that they were just talking about, those ethics officers will gather at the direction of David Miscavige and start digging through those files, finding things that these people have talked about during their auditing sessions that they could use against them to get them back to a state of ethics. Most famously, this is how they convinced Tom Cruise to stay in Scientology after he wanted to leave. Tom Cruise obviously is one of the biggest actors in the world. He's done amazing movies. They actually had someone perform um, the song that he performed in the movie uh, Risky Business in his underwear at his 40th birthday party, which was entirely paid for through the members' money that they spent on sacred texts and auditing sessions. If that isn't profiting, I don't know what is. But on top of that, Tom Cruise is also the only member of Scientology to have ever been given the Millennial Man Award. And basically, that was for somebody who is at a OT level, who has done nothing but miraculous things to try to continue to push the belief system of Scientology. So he became the face of Scientology after it was revealed that a person that was very close to Tom was committing suppressive acts that almost got Tom to leave the religion, if you can call it a religion. I'm trying not to call it a cult. <clears throat> and that person was Tom Cruise's ex-girlfriend, Nicole Kidman, who he started dating when they were on the movie... Um, God, what the hell is the name of the movie? I was just talking about it. Um, Eyes Wide Shut together. Nicole saw the way that Tom had started changing after he got involved with Scientology. She started looking into it because she might, she was going to join. Or maybe she did join, didn't believe the bullshit they were selling, and then wanted to leave. I grew up thinking in general classifieds at 
in, in general, it classifies as a cult. You're absolutely right, Frank, Frankie. I mean, in in general, just based on a lot of its practices, it it's defined as a cult. And we'll get into more of that in, in just a moment here. I just want to finish the story about uh, Top Gun himself, uh, Tom Cruise. Jerk. I am not a fan of Tom Cruise. You suck. Uh, so, <clears throat> so Tom was getting ready to leave because Nicole was filling his head with all of these thoughts of Scientology that a lot of former members have about the organization. And she was starting to see what the organization was doing. Um, I'll do it if I want to. I, I mean, I like the, the Mission Impossible movies, but because they're well-written, I could give two fucks less who plays Ethan in him. If it wasn't Tom Cruise, I would still like the movies. Rip on my future. Okay. Well, then don't rip on my future ex-wife, Ronda Rousey. Okay. All right. Anyway. So she was filling his head with all this stuff. Miscavige then started having one-on-one -on -one sessions with Tom. He was being audited almost every day for multiple times a day. They eventually kicked Nicole Kidman out of Scientology and labeled her an SP or a sub, uh, subjective person, a person who, who uh, goes against Scientology. And they got into his head. They claimed that he was not being ethical. He was in error and they corrected the error. And he has been loony psycho Tom ever since they did a video package on him for this millennial man award that he received from David Miscavige and said, he's in there and he's like, I've never met an SP or maybe one day, Scientology will become so big that SPs will be that thing. Have you ever seen one? Do they actually exist? Yes, Tom, we exist, and we think you're batshit crazy. You suck. Okay. Scientologists assert are truly malevolent, and Hubbard taught 20% of the population were submissive or suppressive persons which include some hopelessly antisocial personalities who are the truly dangerous individuals in humanity. A quote from him, the Adolf Hitlers and Genghis Khans, the unrepentant murderers and the drug lords. Scientology disconnection policy prohibits most contact with suppressive persons. The Church of Scientology denies that a disconnection policy exists and quotes Hubbard's disconnect, uh, definition of disconnection as a self-determined decision made by an individual that he is not going to be connected to another. He? Are there not women in Scientology, Mr. Hubbard? A Scientologist who communicates with a submissive person, or SP, risks being declared a potential trouble source. Defectors who turn into critics of the movement are declared SPs, and the Church of Scientology has a reputation for moving aggressively against such detractors. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is what happened at Waco when the Branch Davidians ran by David Koresh, you know, the other crazy David out there, when the ATF and the FBI showed up. Now, it's well-known fact that it wasn't the FBI or the ATF who opened fire first. Well, I guess it depends on who you ask. But there were some Branch Davidians that did state that Koresh ordered the followers to open fire on the FBI and the ATF if they breached the grounds of the Branch Davidians building in Waco. There were children in that building. And it wasn't the FBI or the ATF that set fire to that building. It was David fucking Koresh. And the Branch Davidians had some very similar tactics to what these Scientologists have. But yet I'm not legally allowed to classify them as a cult because they are considered a non-profit religious organization. Cult. So let's talk about some of the ceremonies that Scientologists have. Ceremonies for events such as weddings, child naming, funerals are observed. Friday services are held to commemorate the completion of a person's services during the prior week. Ordained Scientology ministers may perform such rites. However, these services and the clergy who perform them play only a minor role in Scientologists' life. Yeah, you know, I mean, I like Nicole Kidman too, and I'm glad that she's actually smart enough to get the fuck out of this crazy whack pack. So, we talked about their membership statistics and how they are highly inflated, but the Sea Org, I told you that word would come back. Highest ranking people in the Scientology hierarchy are the members of the C organization or C org. The organization includes some 5,000 members of Scientology's most dedicated adherents who work for low pay about $1.50 an hour and sign a billion year contract. And anybody that refuses to sign that billion-year contract is immediately sent to the hole. Or the RPF. The Rehabilitation Project Force is a controversial part of the Scientology justice system. When Sea Org members are found guilty of a violation, they are assigned to the RPF. The RPF involves daily regimen of five hours of auditing or studying, eight hours of work, often physical labor, such as building renovation, and at least seven hours of sleep. Douglas Cronin or Cowan and David Bromley state that scholars and observers have come to radically different conclusions about the RPF and whether it is voluntarily or coercive, therapeutic, or punitive. 
The Office of Special Affairs. The Office of Special Affairs, or OSA, formerly the Guardian's Office, is a department of the Church of Scientology which has been characterized as a non-state intelligence agency. So if anybody were to come at me for what I'm talking about here today, it would be these guys. It has targeted critics of the church for dead agent operations, which is mounting character assassination operations against perceived enemies. A 1990 article in the Los Angeles Times reported that in the 1980s, the church more commonly used private investigators, including former and current L.A. police officers. Gee, we all know how reliable the LAPD is. Nice background. It is a very nice background. Designed by yours truly at Redline Graphics. If you need stickers. Banners, backgrounds like this, logos, anything like that, reach out to Lisa at our Facebook page, Redline Graphics. Does Studio 2 exist? I mean, I'm sitting in it. So, I mean, I I, I would think, I mean, I, I know I'm not in a higher plane of existence because I don't believe in the shit that these idiots believe. <clears throat> Uh, to give themselves a layer of protection in case embarrassing tactics were used and became public. Celebrity centers. In 1955, Hubbard created a list of 63 celebrities targeted for conversion to Scientology. In a Church of Scientology policy letter in 1973, Hubbard wrote, the purpose of the Celebrity Center is to forward the expansion and popularization of Scientology through the arts. Scientology operates eight centers that are designated Celebrity Centers designed to minister to celebrity Scientologists. The largest of these is in Hollywood, California, called the Search of Scientology Celebrity Center International. The Celebrity Center International was the first one that opened in 1969 and is opening its celebrated first week of August each year in an evening gala. Former silent screen star Gloria Swanson and actors Tom Cruise and John Travolta have publicly spoke, spoken, and we just talked about Tom Cruise, uh, about their commitment to Scientology, as has Actress and musician, Juliette Lewis. Oh, I used to like her. Heavy Metal was one of my favorite movies. Damn you, Juliet. The application of Hubbard's teaching also led to the formation of secular organizations focused on fields such as drug abuse awareness and rehabilitation, literacy, and human rights. Several Scientology organizations promote the use of Scientology practices as a means to solve social problems. Scientology began to focus on these issues in the early 70s, led by Hubbard. The church developed outreach programs to fight drug addiction, illiteracy, learning disabilities, and criminal behavior. These have been presented to schools, businesses, and communities as secular techniques based on Hubbard's writings. The Association for Better Living and Education, or ABLE, 
acts as an umbrella organization for these efforts. Notable examples include Narconon, Scientology organization promoting theories of founder Hubbard regarding substance abuse. Criminon, an offshoot of Narconon, introduces Scientology practices to criminal offenders. Applied Scholastics. So, Applied Scholastics, a topic that has been coming up quite a bit recently. Pay attention to this one, because this is something that is about to be pushed onto school children. Founded in 1972, teaches Scientology study tech to K-12 students. Delphi Schools operates numerous private schools throughout the United States, including the flagship academy, the Delphian School in Yamhill County, Oregon. The World Institute of Scientology Enterprises, or WISE, applies Scientology practices to business management. The most prominent training supplier to make use of Hubbard's technology is Sterling Management Systems. The Way to Happiness Foundation promotes a moral code written by Hubbard to date translated into more than 40 languages. So uh, Pizzagate, uh, maybe, maybe they could be involved in this a little bit. And then Frankie says, so basically the same tactics the government uses. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's just some of the things that they are involved in. But their assets, according to leaked tax documents, the Church of Scientology International Church and Spiritual Technology in the U.S. has a combined $1.7 billion in assets in 2012. In additional, in addition to additional rev, revenue estimates at two hundred million dollars a year, this does not include assets and revenue of International Association of Scientologists. So basically, the IAS heard some celebrities drink the blood of babies. That is a completely different topic for a completely different day. But I wouldn't put it past them if they do that. Um, Basically, what that's saying is, is their assets. Here's something that not a lot of people know about Scientology. They own the patent and copyright to every single one of L. Ron Hubbard's books, including his science fiction novels. And those are considered sacred texts. So if anyone ever tries to buy any book by L. Ron Hubbard, the money immediately goes to these loons. So let's talk about some of the things that Scientology does to people who try to denounce their organization, someone like me, or somebody who has left their organization. Fair game. This term, fair games, is used to describe policies and practices carried out against the people the church perceive as enemies. Hubbard established the policy in the 1950s in response to criticism, both from within and outside the organization. 
individuals or groups who are fair game are judged to be a threat to the church and according to the policy can be punished and harassed using any and all means possible. Hubbard and his followers targeted many, many individuals as well as government officials and agencies, including a program of illegal infiltration of the IRS and other U.S. government agencies during the 70s. They also conducted private organization, or private investigations, character assassination, and legal action against the church's critics in the media. The policy remains in effect and has been defended by the church as a core religious practice. So Charles Manson murdering music people or thinking he was murdering music people for not wanting to produce his music. And unfortunately an innocent like Sharon Tate and her friends and her unborn baby became victims of basically fair game tactics if it were the church of Scientology and not some crazy whack job living in the hills of California. Oh, wait. A little bit more about fair game. In 1968, Hubbard officially canceled use of the term fair game because of net negative public relations it caused, although the church's aggressive response to criticism continued. Applying the principles of fair game, Hubbard and his followers targeted... Okay, we read that already. Uh, da, 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 da. Starting in the 1980s, for the major branch in Los Angeles, the Scientology organization largely switched from using church members in harassment campaigns to hiring private investigators, including Los Angeles police officers. The reason seemed to be that given that it gave the church a layer of protection in case embarrassing tactics were used and made public. Uh, a series of court cases in England in the 1970s saw fair game being strongly criticized by senior judges. Courtes of Appeals of England and Wales suggested in one case that Scientology organizations were willing to harass its critics. TD... TLDR, a legal mafia. Mm -hmm. uh, we're willing to harass their critics. They also described a case brought by the church against author Russell Miller as a deliberate form of harassment. In a case where the Church of Scientology of California brought to block publication of a book quoting Scientology materials, Lord Justice Goff cited the fair game policy along with what was described as the church's deplorable means adopted to suppress inquiry or criticism. He concluded that the publication of the materials was in the public interest. Department of Health and Social Security in the UK, the Church of Scientology of California sued the Department of Health and Social Security in British courts of, for defamation. The DHSS had suggested that Scientologists were dangerous charlatans who would worsen rather than cure mental illness. The church demanded as part of discovery that the DHSS release letters and medical records from people who had complained about the church. 
Lord Justice Stevenson declined the request, citing the fair game policy, which he believed still applied despite its name being canceled. He was concerned that documents would be used not for legitimate purposes, but of actions, but for harassment of individual patients, informants, and renegades named in them, not only by proceeding for defamation against them, but by threats and blackmail. And these cases just go on and on and on. An ethics order dating in, uh, from nine, March 6, 1968, issued by Hubbard himself aboard his boat, the Royal Scotsman, lists 12 Scientologists who were accused of distributing altered versions of upper-level materials. Hubbard writes, they are fair game. No amnesty may ever cover them. Any Sea Org member contacting them is to use auditing process R245. The R245 auditing process consists of shouting, shooting a person with the intent to kill them. Charles Manson, anybody? It later emerged that Fair Game had actually continued in use until at least 1980, despite its cancellation, and there have been frequent allegations that it has remained in force since then. During the 70s, the Guardian's office of the Church of Scientology, heated by, headed by Hubbard's wife, Mary Sue, conducted a wide-ranging and systemic series of espionage and intimidation operations against perceived enemies of Scientology. Everybody getting this so far? Am I wrong in calling these people a cult? I don't think I am. I really don't. So let's talk about some more of the controversies that are involved in the Church of Scientology. And there are quite a few controversies here. These people have never stopped. And if you guys want a fair representation of what happens to people that speak out against Scientology. If you have Amazon Prime, check out a movie called My Scientology Movie. It was released by the BBC. And you will see the fair game tactics put into play against a filmmaker who reached out to the Church of Scientology on multiple occasions asking them to defend themselves against their detractors. You are not wrong. You are correct in calling them a cult. I thought we were here to uh, be leaders, not followers. You're 100% right on that, dear. You're 100% right. So let's look at some of the other controversies that involve members of the Church of Scientology. Um. So the controversies involving the church and its critics, some of them ongoing, include critical criminal behavior by members of the church, including infiltration of the United States government, organized harassment of people perceived as enemies of the church, Scientology's disconnection policy in which members are required to shun friends or family members who are antagonistic to the church. The death of Scientologist Lisa McPherson 
while in the care of the organization. Robert Mitten sponsored the multi-million dollar lawsuit against Scientology for the death of McPherson in May of 1990, uh, 2004. McPherson's estate and the Church of Scientology reached a confidential settlement. Attempts to legally force search engines to censor information critical of the church. Allegations, the church leader, David Miscavige, beats and demoralizes staff and that physical violence by superiors towards staff working for them is a common occurrence in the organization. Scientology spokesman Tommy Davis denies these claims and provides witnesses to refute them. But yet every member of Scientology who was a high-level ranking official when they left the church has videotaped evidence of these beatings happening, mostly to them. Stephen Kent, uh, Scientology social programs such as drug and criminal rehabilitation have likewise drawn both support and criticism. Left and right-wing politics have become a cult, too. <laughs> you ain't wrong there, Dub. You ain't not wrong there. Your ass is rehired for the day, sir. Uh, professor of sci uh, sociology has said Scientologists see themselves as possessors of doctrines and skills that can save the world, if not the galaxy. As stated in Scientology Doctrine, the whole agonized future of this planet, every man, woman, and child on it, and your own destiny for the next endless trillions of years depends on what you do here and now with and in Scientology. Kent has described Scientology's ethics systems as a peculiar brand of morality that uniquely benefited the Church of Scientology in plain English. The purpose of Scientology ethics is to eliminate opponents, then eliminate people's interests in things other than Scientology. Organized harassment is uh, part of the fair game uh, tactic here. Scientologists has historically engaged in hostile action towards its critics. Executives within the organizations have proclaimed that Scientology is not a turn-or-the-other-cheek organization. Journalists, politicians, former Scientologists, and various anti-cult groups have made accusations of wrongdoing against Scientology since the 60s. And Scientology has targeted these critics, almost without exception, for retaliation in the form of lawsuits, public counter accusations of public wrongdoing of personal wrongdoing uh, da, 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 da. many of scientology's critics have also reported that they were subject to threats and harassment in their private lives squid games much you know i never saw squid games so i'm i'm not too sure about the squid games reference but i've heard it's a good show i just don't like dubbed shows um, so, you know, if I can't understand it, 
without subtitles. Sometimes I don't try to watch it. And, you know, who wants to watch Korean television anyway? Okay. Uh, According to a 1990 Los Angeles Times article, Scientology had largely switched from using church members to private investigators, including officers, as this gives the organization protection, blah, 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 blah. In one case, the organization described their tactics as LAPD sanctioned, which was energetically disputed by police chief Daryl Gates. Gee, is that a familiar name or what? We all know how reliable that guy is. Uh, The officer involved in this particular case of surveillance and uh, harassment was suspended for six months. Journalist John Sweeney reported that while making our BBC paranoia film Scientology and Me, I have been shouted at, spied on, had my hotel invaded at midnight, denounced as a bigot, by star Scientologist, brainwashed, that's how they tell it to me, in a mock-up of a Nazi-style torture chamber and chased down the streets of L.A. by sinister strangers. Uh, Violation of auditing confidentiality, I talked about this. During the auditing process, the auditors collect and record personal information. While the Church of Scientology claims to protect the confidentiality of auditing records, the organization has a history of attacking and psychologically abusing former members using information culled from the records. For example, a uh, December 16, 1969 uh, Guardian's Officer order by Mary Sue Hubbard explicitly authorized the use of auditing records for the purposes of internal security. Former members report having participated in combing through information obtained in auditing sessions to see if it could be used to smear campaigns against critics. Disconnection. The practice of shunning in Scientology is termed disconnection. Members can disconnect from any person they already know, including existing family members. Many examples of this policy's application have been established in court. Failure to disconnect from a suppressive person is itself labeled a suppressing act. You hear about it all the time. In cults. If your family doesn't understand why you are here, they can't understand what you're going through. They can't understand why you've come to us for your salvation. You need to leave those family members behind because they don't understand. How many times have people heard that when it comes to Cults that have been considered cults. And also a practice of cults is to take every bit of money that their members have. To longer sustain the cult. Does that not sound like having to pay for your own auditing sessions? Having to pay for L. Ron Hubbard's books? Having to pay for God knows what else? Leah Remini probably one of the more popular people to have left the church of Scientology said that she spent almost half a million dollars 
during her time as a Scientologist and has the receipts and books and the materials to prove it. Abligations of coerced abortions or aberrations. I'm sorry. No, that is abortions. The Sea Org originally operated on vessels at sea where it was understood that it was not permitted to raise children on board the ships. Pregnant women in the Sea Organization have stated that they have been pressured to undergo abortions. Sea Org members were reportedly shown secret writings written by Hubbard to convince them that having an abortion was not against Scientology practices. In 2003, the Times of India reported forced abortions, beating, starvation, and considered tools of discipline in this church. A former high-ranking source reports that some 1,500 abortions have been carried out by women in the C organization since the implementation of the rule in the 80s that members could not remain in the organization if they decided to have children. The source noted that if members who have been in Sea Org for, say, 10 years do decide to have kids, they are dismissed with no more than $1,000 as a severance package. Human trafficking. A number of women have sued the Church of Scientology, alleging a variety of complaints, including human trafficking, rape, forced labor, and child abuse. So, let's talk about that for a little bit here. Obviously, a lot of cults can be considered human trafficking sources because of some of the things that they make their members do. So, forced labor. That's something that human traffickers have been known to do. Child abuse. If a woman in Scientology, maybe not a member of Sea Org since they have abortions, do decide to have children, they are taken away and raised in child camps. And who knows what happened to those children because their parents are not allowed to see them until they are considered clear. Litigation and the internet. In the 90s, Miscavige organi- the Miscavige's organization took action against increased criticism of Scientology on the internet and online distribution of Scientology-related documents. In 91, Scientology filed 50 lawsuits against Scientology critic Cult Awareness Network. Many of the suits were dismissed, but one resulted in a $2 million in losses bankrupting the network. At bankruptcy, Can's name and logo were obtained by a Scientologist. A new cult awareness network was set up with Scientology backing, which says it operates as an information and networking center for non-traditional religions, referring callers to academics and other networks. In 93, a suit was brought by the Church of Scientology against Stephen Fishman, A former member of the church, Fishman made a court declaration which included several dozen pages of formerly secret esoteric 
detailing aspects of Scientology's uh, cosmonology. As a result of the litigation, this material normally strictly safeguarded and used only in Scientology's most advanced OT levels found its way onto the internet. This resulted in a battle between Scientology and online critics over the right to disclose the material or safeguard its confidentiality. The Church of Scientology was forced to issue a press release acknowledging the existence of Cosmo, um, Cosmogony, I, I don't know how to pronounce that word, uh, rather than allow its critics to distort and misuse this information for their own purposes. Even so, the material, notably the story of Xenu, has been widely disseminated and used to caricature Scientology, despite the church's vigorous program of copyright litigation. <laughs> In uh, 2008, a video produced by the Church of Scientology featuring an interview with Tom Cruise was leaked to the internet and uploaded to YouTube. The Church of Scientology issued a copyright violation claim against YouTube, requesting the removal of the video. Subsequently, the group Anonymous voiced its criticism of Scientology and began to attack the church, calling the action by the Church of Scientology a form of internet censorship. Participants of Anonymous's coordinated Project Chenology, consisting of a series of denial-of-service attacks against Scientology websites, prank calls, and black faxes to Scientology centers. On January 21st, Anonymous announced its intentions via a video posted to YouTube entitled Message to Scientology, a press release declaring war against the Church of Scientology and Religious Technology Center. In the press release, the group stated the attacks against the Church of Scientology would continue in order to protect the freedom of speech and end what they saw as the financial ex exploitation of members of the organization. On January 28th, an anonymous video appeared on YouTube calling for protests outside of the Church of Scientology centers on February 10th. According to a letter anonymous emailed to the press, 7,000 people protested in more than 90 cities. Many protesters wore masks based on the character V from V for Vendetta, who was influenced by Guy Fawkes. Uh, or otherwise disguise their identities in part to protect themselves from reprisals from the Church of Scientology. Many further protests have followed since then in cities around the world. The Arbitration Committee of the Wikipedia Internet Encyclopedia decided on May 29 to restrict access to its site from the Church of Scientology IP addresses to, present, to prevent self-serving edits by Scientology, a host of anti-Scientologist editors were topic banned as well. The committee concluded that both sides had gamed policy and resorted to battlefield tactics with articles on living persons being the worst causalities. Wow. 
Is everybody getting this so far? I mean, I know I, I don't sound crazy when I say the things I say about this organization. But I'm going to read you guys an article from the LA Times that was re, uh, released after, actually, I'm sorry, it was Business Insider, that was released after the My Scientology movie came out. And some of the things that happened to the filmmaker since the film's release. And this is where things get interesting. So you heard a lot about the fair game tactics. So this is somebody who reached out to the Church of Scientology and said, I want a member of your organization to be a part of my film to defend yourselves. They refused. <clears throat> so Louis Thoreau, known as the Michael Moore of Britain, often stars in his docu-series projects featuring offbeat cultural subjects like America's Most Medicated Kids, Twilight of the Porn Stars, and My Scientology Movie. Um... He wanted to do something on Scientology in 2002, but I reneged with the subject after our producer, Simon Chin, read the Lawrence Wright New Yorker piece. This was a series of uh, stories that came out by people that are no longer members of the organization stating all the things that we had already talked about. Um but the Thoreau told Business Insider that the documentary, which opens in theaters and is available on streaming VOD Friday. So this is obviously an older thing. Uh, follows Thoreau as he travels through Los Angeles to investigate what goes on at the church's headquarters. The church unwilling to cooperate. Thoreau enlists ex-Scientology ex-executive Marty Rathburn to give insight into what goes on. This leads to Thoreau asking Rathburn to help him in casting reenactments of incidents that allegedly happened to church members, many of which involved the church's leader, David Miscavige, bullying and physically abusing Scientologists. As with Going Clear, which is also a really great documentary you can find on HBO, uh, making my Scientology movie involved lawyers dissecting every piece of footage in the final cut to make sure BBC films and others with stakes in the film were not, weren't making themselves legally vulnerable due to difference in laws in the UK and us. Thoreau believes my Scientology movie was scrutinized more by its lawyers than going clear. When you don't have access to a subject and all you have is ex members and critics, there is this gravitational pull towards telling certain version of events. Scientology would say this, and they have a point that it's like doing a portrait of marriage from in which you're only hearing from the ex-wife and not the ex-husband. As a journalist, this nagging feeling that I'm not getting the full picture. Okay. In the movie, many title cards giving information about alleged incidents also include counter statements from the church. But Thoreau believes Scientology's side comes through most clearly in its actions during filming. 
These happened during filming and they were captured and shown in the film. In a few instances, Thoreau finds camera crews, apparently Scientologists, filming him making the movie. Scientology informed Thoreau that it's making a film on him. Rathburn also filmed alleged Scientologist members harassing him. That video is available on YouTube. He was done with his part of the film, and he was trying to board a plane to go back to the city where he lives. When he entered the airport, and this was after security checks, and this was post 9-11, so we all know how long that shit takes, there were four people in black and white suits with video cameras and no luggage filming him and harassing him. And he caught it all on video, sent the video to Louie. They play it during the film, but he also posted it on YouTube as what Scientologists do with fair game. When they show up saying they are making their own film on me or filming Marty, as a viewer, you no longer have the thought, I wonder how Scientology would characterize this. It It strengthens the film, Thoreau said. Thoreau admits he may have gone too far in a key moment in the film where he is encountering Rathburn and has alleged that church members Thoreau and Rathburn discussed the incident with Thoreau reminding Rathburn that when he was in Scientology, these were the kind of tactics he instructed people to use on ex-members. This sets Rathburn off and he cusses out Thoreau. I think I was probably over the line. Every screening I've been to when that moment plays, it's tense and people think... I don't know what to feel about this. The director, John Dower, believes it needed to be addressed. Since filming wrapped, those involved with the movie have thought the church was behind bizarre moments in their lives. Dower knows his Instagram account was hacked by the church because Scientology officials admitted doing it in one of their cease and desist letters to the BBC regarding the film. Then there are the threats towards Thoreau. The morning of his interview with Business Insider, Thoreau was locked out of his email account due to, as he calls it, suspicious activity. Police told him the activity came from Clearwater, Florida, which is where the International Center for Scientology is. A few months ago, The police came to his house telling him that he'd been tipped off that someone wanted to do bodily harm to him and due to his Scientology movie. The church, in fact, was involved. I asked the police where the church came from, and they said Scientology called them, stating that they had heard it. According to the filmmaker, police told him Scientology said in its tip it was concerned for his well-being. I was like, hold on, that doesn't sound right. They were the ones who made the call. Now, I'm not I'm on a special list where if I call the police, they are on the fast track to where I am. But my take is it sounded like Scientologists were just trying to wind me up by getting the police to come to my house. And again, this is from. This article on Business Insider, every link that I use throughout this um episode i will put up on the money's crazy mind facebook page so just find just search money's crazy mind podcast and every article that i used i will post up there so that you guys can see it including every movie and every episode 
of a television show that I used to do my research while I was doing this. But the very last line in this article states, numerous attempts to contact the Church of Scientology to comment for this story were not successful. So what does that tell you guys about how Scientology feels about all this? They could give two shits less what people think about them. As long as their members are paying damn good money for materials and auditing sessions, and they can inflate their numbers by people who show up to one Scientology course, or maybe even just show up at the Celebrity Center or the IAS Center or any of the other... Two billion buildings that they own worldwide. They can try to claim those people as members. Just think about that. But also think about a lot of the things that I told you guys about what they do in these auditing sessions. About how people are forced to pay for those sessions when they're already members of the church. And a lot of the other tactics that they use. That sound like cults that we all have denounced as psychopathic thought keepers in the past. And I've, I've studied those cults. I've seen numerous documentaries about Waco, about Jonestown, about Charles Manson and the Spawn Ranch kids, and about Heaven's Gate. And they all sound exactly like Scientology. It doesn't hurt hurt to be informed, but it does hurt to be ignorant. And if the Scientologists do come after me, then come after me. Because I have everything that I stated in this listed on this episode, and I can play it back stating that I don't want to call them a cult because they are listed, but that their practices match what other cults have done in the past. So if I can do anything with this, maybe I can teach Scientology that some of their practices were done by some of those exact evil people that L. Ron Hubbard warned them about when he started this back in the late 50s. But maybe that following in the belief system of a man who wrote science fiction novels and episodes of Star Trek isn't a messiah that you should be following. With that said, Money's Crazy Mind comes to an end for this week. We'll probably tackle this again. Because I do want to do an entire episode on cults. Not just Scientology, but the Jonestown cult, Heaven's Gate, the Manson children, Waco, uh, the, the Branch Davidians, and several others. And I might just have a couple special guests in the studio for, for it that week. Until then, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this walk on the crazy side on money's crazy mind we'll be back next week 
Not sure what I'm going to talk about yet, but I'm sure it'll probably be a little bit lighter than what I just spent two hours talking about here today. And like I said, stay tuned to the Money's Crazy Mind website for all of the research that I did on this episode. Huge shout out to Bones of Giants and Psych Ward for this week's break music. Until next week, everybody, have a week. Stay tuned for break. Going to give it to you live tonight at 8 p.m. from Studio One right here on Redline Radio LLC.